Welcome to the 69th episode of the Young Terps Podcast, powered by Viner Forgates. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's Young Terps Podcast, Maryland basketball kicked off their 100th season with a win last night. We're also talking what might be Maryland football's last chance to get their sixth win on their season, along with the Don Rev update and Terps and the Pros. And Jordan, before we get into all that, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals. Allied has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you're looking for. Wayne from Turp Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Allied is located in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV. Contact Allied today for a no-obligation quote at 301-986-0067 or visit them on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Now for the Terrapin Rundown. Well, to start things off, as always, men's soccer hasn't done anything since last podcast on Sunday, and they will still suit up against Indiana in the conference semifinals Friday at 1 p.m. Moving on to another sport where nothing's changed since the last podcast, field hockey. Well, they're still Big Ten champs after that 2-1 win over Iowa, and they will play in the NCAA tournament's first round against number 21 Albany at noon on Friday. W- one thing was shown from the schedule they played, they are battle-tested to face a ranked team in the tournament. Yep, um, for those who want to see more field hockey, you can watch Rutgers and UConn play at College Park right after that at 2.30. And they will play the winner of that game on Sunday. Yeah, UConn, that's a tough team to play. They're usually on the top this year. They are number four. That could be a tough game. That has the potential to be the end of this field hockey season. I doubt it. Maryland's played great. They have beaten UConn this season, but it's going to be a battle. But the way the Terps are playing right now with games with nine goals, six goals, I mean, they're, they're looking at the top of their game right now. Yep, they pe- they're looking like they're peaking at the right time. Volleyball will take on number 15, Michigan, on the road tonight at 7, and then we'll play on the road against Ohio State at 7 on Saturday. Um, Getting down to crunch time, they need some big wins, and number 15 on the road is definitely an opportunity to get one of, the, one of those wins if this volleyball team wants to make the NCAA tournament. Yep, and as you keep saying, the benefit of playing the Big Ten for volleyball is you get plenty of chances to get those big wins. And if you want to cash in again on that BTN Plus subscription if you bought it last night to watch basketball, you can see women's basketball season opener as they take on Coppin State on Friday. <sighs> I mean, if you if you got BTN Plus, might as well go for it because you need to squeeze all the value you can out of that 10 bucks you spent. You could have gone to the game for less, huh? Yeah. Well, with parking and stuff, I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Um, now on to Terps in the pros. Let's start off with some guys that did not suit up this week. Yannick Ngakwe had a bye. Dexter McDougal was on bye. Stefan Diggs injured that with that injured rib. He didn't play in the Vikings win over the Lions. Torrey Smith for the Carolina Terps did not play due to injury. Uh, anyone else on the list? And DHB did not play again. Coach's choice. Yeah, DHB is starting to get me concerned with his coach's choice decision settings. 
Well, he was injured, and then he really his big role was in special teams, and it seems like they might have found a younger body to throw out there on the specials, but I wouldn't be surprised come playoff time if he's back on the field. I hope so. I'm swimming back to the Carolina Terps, though. DJ Moore caught one pass for 16 yards. Also had a rush for 32 yards. Jermaine Carter did play in special teams a lot, but he did not record a stat. I guess it's okay for the rookies on Carolina. Moving on to Seattle, Quentin Jefferson quietly had a good game with a tackle and a quarterback hit in 24 snaps. Yeah, he's carved out a nice role for himself in the rotation up there in Seattle. Yes, he has. Darius Kilgo suited up this week for the Titans, recorded one tackle, and played four snaps. So one tackle and four snaps is not a bad stat for the big man. So I guess not. Got to look for the positives with Kilgo right now. Um, J.C. Jackson had an above-average week, at least according to Pro Football Focus. Played 20 snaps for New England. I think he's been active like four weeks in a row now. That's pretty good for an undrafted free agent. Well, he wasn't expected to go undrafted. You do have to remember that. Also, he's played really well when he's been out there. I mean, New England's doing a good job with him, as they do with a lot of these guys that they find that are undrafted. J.C. Jackson is looking to carve out a role, and the way that he's playing, I think that he's going to be in New England for at least next season. Hope so. Um, staying in New England for a couple of years is a good way to get around in the league. Yes, Vernon sir. Davis, the ageless wonder, caught five passes, seven targets, 62 yards. I guess a pretty good game, considering how badly the Redskins played overall. Yeah, it was not pretty uh, over in Landover. And finally, the Terp of the Week, Sean Davis, recorded nine tackles, led the team, the Steelers, that is, in pro football focus score in the win over the Ravens. If you're a Ravens fan, tough game, but Sean Davis played well, at least. Yeah, Sean Davis is, Sean Davis has really found a good role. Uh, he's playing safety unlike he did at Maryland for the end of his career when they moved him over to corner, but I always felt like safety was the right spot for him, and I feel like, um, sadly, Randy and company did not use him in the right spot when they had him at corner. Well, he's definitely he's definitely going to be a starting safety for the foreseeable future in Pittsburgh, and hopefully he can stay there for a while. Hopefully he can. Last night at Xfinity Center, Maryland took down Delaware, 73 to 67. Um, I went to the game last night. Not a great crowd, uh, but the bottom line was good. Maryland gets a win in a very, very Turgeon-esque performance. Maryland comes out for the second half and slowly starts missing shots. Things start going wrong. And Delaware creeps back into the game to the point where Maryland was really pressed at the end. So I didn't see the game because I still refused to buy BTM Plus for personal reasons. Um, but I'm going to get, say, three takeaways from the stat line, and you can give me the context, Mason. First off, Jalen Smith records a double-double, and he looked, at least he looks like he looked really good. I would agree with that. He looked like a five-star out there. My only thing was, he was getting pushed around. And Delaware is not the kind of team that you want to see your guy getting boxed out from, getting, falling out of bounds. Like, that's, that's not what I would like to see from our big man. On the positive side, though, he's really good down low. He's a true offensive threat in the post, as is Bruno Fernando. And if things keep going right, you know, you can put on some weight. You can 
learn how to use your body type to box out better as the season progresses and as you get more college games under your belt. Jalen Smith can be a real threat in this league. He can definitely be a freshman of the year candidate, and the sky's the limit for him. Uh, my next big takeaway, Bruno Fernando puts a 15 points pretty good, but he fouled out against Delaware? Yeah, that can't happen. Because when Bruno went out, things are things are sketchy at best when Bruno isn't in the game. Bender didn't seem fully back from his injury. Ricky Lindo, as Dave Monaco told us on this podcast a few weeks ago, is not a guy that you want to see down low right now in his current shape. He, Ricky Lindo can fly, though. I'll, I'll give you that one. But I don't like him down low right now. He's definitely, to me, more of a three- Maybe can flex the four, but not when a team like Delaware was trying to get the ball down low. It didn't really succeed much for Delaware last night, but they were trying to play through getting the big man at touch. And Lindo, from a rebounding standpoint, really wasn't there. At least that's what I saw. Um, my last, actually I have two more takeaways. We go two for 19 from three. 10% from deep. Yikes. <laughs> Yeah, yikes is right. Maryland comes out, and they're just chucking balls from everywhere. Um, Morcel made one, which is good compared to what he would do last year, which was miss all of them. And it really came from uncharacteristic shooting. From what I've heard from practice and the way this team's prepared, they can really shoot the basketball. Now, hopefully this is a one-off. And as I said, they came out, and they were, I don't want to say nervous, but they were just they were taking every shot that they got. And... That really hurt their three-point per- percentage long-term in the game. They were just cold from deep. I don't think that's a long-term concern. Um, and it really started with Cowan. He had an uncharacteristic game. But what I did like is Fernando and Cowan, after the game, coming out and taking shots and you know understanding that that's not as good or as well as they can play. And my last big takeaway, we seem to kind of have a six-man rotation if you look at the um, minutes distributed, we had the starters and then Eric Ayala with 28 minutes off the bench and everybody else kind of got low numbers. you think it's going to be a recurring theme? No way. Jordan, I don't even think it's a six-man rotation. I think they're going to play 10. I would like them to cut it down to eight or nine, probably nine given the talent they have. But it's no, in no way is this going to be a six-man rotation. More. More than eight guys are playing every game. Maybe long-term minutes, yes. Ayala is, as of now, the favorite to take on a lot of minutes. But looking into the future, you're going to see some of these guys off the bench get some serious time, especially if foul trouble becomes a problem. And you can catch the Terps next game at Navy on Friday at 8.30 Eastern. That will be on CBS Sports Network for everybody not going out to Annapolis. But Mason, I know you are making the trip out. Yeah, I'll be at the Veterans Classic. I have never been to Alumni Hall at Navy. I'm looking forward to it. I like when Navy and Maryland play in any sport. Yeah, especially football. That's not going to happen for a while. So take what you can get. Hopefully, I will catch all of this one because I'm concerned after the Delaware game. Let's put it like that. Well, to calm your concerns, I will say that the team definitely had some moments where they looked really, really good. And then it the shots just stopped falling. It just it, it looked like a first game. And I, I know I called it Turgeon-esque earlier. 
but it was a first game. I'll put it that way. Like last night, you saw um, Wofford go into UNC and only lose the game by six points. That's that's that kind of thing that happens to a lot of teams. And I'm good. I'm still believing what I've heard from practice and what I've heard from a lot of people that are really close to this program, and that is that they're really good. And I'm still believing that. I'm still high on this team. Not as high as some, but I'm not as low as the negative Nancy Maryland fans out there. I'm not trying to be negative. I just saw what I saw. But you are right. The first game can go like this pretty often, and we should calm down a little bit. Jordan, I will give you credit before we move to football here that you haven't been as negative this season. I'm not as negative towards basketball in general. I, I like, you haven't I'm, even been negative that much about football. Well, that's saying a lot. I don't know if I've really noticed that, but I'm assuming you are correct on that observation. So before we move to the Terps, chance to get their sixth win and what they'll have to do. This podcast is also brought to you by Maryland Euro Cars. When you're looking for someone to work on your European car, look no further than Maryland Euro Cars. We have a few Audis in the family and some BMWs at the office, and we take our cars to Christian at Maryland Euro Cars. Christian and his team know their way around Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, Bentleys, VWs, and many more makes and models. Eurocars is always friendly, courteous, honest, along with being an extra clean shop. Maryland Eurocars is the best place to take your prized automobile, and they are the most reasonably priced shop in town. Located in Rockville, you can reach Maryland Eurocars at 301-217-5831. Ask for Christian at 301-217-5831 and tell them that the Young Terps sent you. Jordan, I will have to take my prized automobile over to Christian to get my lights adjusted later today. And I need some new windshield wipers because it snowed last night and it, I had to wipe my windshield off by hand. Oh, North Dakota. Yeah, fantastic right there. That's that's why they call it Fargo because you have to go far to be getting snow this early in November. Or you can just go to Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York. That's also an option for you if you need I, snow. I had early. to say a corny joke about Fargo, North Dakota. I mean, <sighs> that's like a daily requirement for me. Jeez. All right, so Maryland football has had a very mixed bag of news this week. Yeah, you could say that. You were still within a week of um, the, uh, I don't even know what you want to call it, but what do you say, like the, the building lit on fire and the fire department never came? Well, we have defensive back Quantra's night transferring due to lack of playing time. I have to say I'm really surprised. I thought he was going to be start this year, actually, but he's only played four games so far. Yeah, so did a lot of people. Um, Quantrez Knight played a lot. So even since his true freshman season, he's played a lot. Um, this year he was beat out by redshirt freshman Deion Jones from Good Counsel, who was a high four-star, one of the highest guys in Maryland's class from two years ago. And Antoine Richardson, who came in with Knight, and really those two have been battling for playing time most of their time in College Park. And Quantrez just, he lost out, and, you know, all the respect to him. He wants to go somewhere he wants to play. He feels like he's got a lot of talent. Um, He's not going to lose this year because he only played four games. So, I mean, it's unfortunate, but, you know, give the man a chance to go make something happen because I personally thought he was pretty good. I thought so, too, and I, it's probably the right decision for him, honestly, so I'm not going to take anything out for it. Um, 
On the less good news, that's not good news, but on the even worse side, three-star safety Trey Rucker decommitted from Maryland earlier this week. Although he didn't give a reason, it can probably be assumed it was because the building's still on fire. Um, really not what you wanted to see. No, I was really high on Trey Rucker. I know you were too, Jordan. Guy has great talent. and I won't be surprised if he comes back to Maryland. It's just, you know, if you're put in this situation as a recruit, I don't really know what you would be thinking. I'll be honest, if I was playing football and I was 17, 16 years old, I don't know if I'd want to go to Maryland right now. I can't really blame him for wanting to take a step back, but it really is not really hurts the class, which is already not that great. Well, in the good recruiting news, Maryland added Dino Tomlin, son of Mike Tomlin, today to their recruiting class. The defensive back had a few offers from some Ivy Leagues, had some offers from some MAC teams, but the film, he looks really good on film. I'll I'll say that right now. I don't know where the big schools are when they're looking at him, but the film from Dino Tomlin is good. Well, if you want, I know Mason, you've given a lot of criticism to the recruiting system the way it is right now. If you want to hear a really good rant on it, though, you should read Bleacher Report's interview with Benny Snell of Kentucky on how recruits are rated and why it's unfair, but that's a different issue. Um, now, Dino Tomlin had offers from, I believe, Iowa State and Hit, I want to, but neither of them are really pushing for him the way Maryland was. Um, he visited College Park the week of Minnesota and spoke very highly of his visit. So I hope our Ravens fans out there can stomach having Mike Tomlin's son on the team. But really, we can't turn anyone down right now that wants to come here. Uh, I don't think they're at that point yet. I think they definitely will be getting there in the foreseeable future, but not. Right now, also, the two trainers, Robinson and Nordawall, are both out as of last night, and Terrapin Times broke that news. I actually did not know that. That is, um, I guess it's not too surprising. It's probably long overdue, honestly. Yeah, just more of the Board of Regents going back on decisions they made. And well, I, I really, I'm, let me, let me finish this really quick before we okay. talk about it more, because I was just going to say, I'm tired of talking about the Board of Regents, DJ Durkin, and now the trainers. It's it's over. Till the lawsuit actually starts, which I'm sure will be coming sometime. I just don't want to talk about it right now. This football team has a great opportunity on Saturday to get to six wins, to extend their season, to get more practice. And they, we're also going to go through a coaching search, and there's just a lot to talk about when it comes to actual football, and I know that people want to hear about the Durkin thing, they want to, but there's really, it's over, he's gone. Finish. I, I very much agree with you on that, so that said, we have a very, very large game this weekend against Indiana. Yeah, both of these teams, well, let me start with Indiana, and there's a piece that I did on this game with some things that Matt Canada said, and really kind of a description of Indiana. Indiana has been around now for a few years. They've kind of gone, they've come out of being irrelevant, and now they're just, they poke at the Big Ten teams. They poke at the big dogs in this league. They never win. They barely won. They, But they're at least they're in the game, and that's kind of where I want Maryland to get. But this year, Indiana started off 3-0. and People were really high on them, especially after they beat Virginia, who's turned out to be a pretty good team. And then a lot of things have gone wrong these past four weeks, 
amounting in four straight losses, including probably the most winnable game on there, which was the last time they played there coming off the bye to play Maryland. But before that, they went up to Minnesota and lost 38-31. to That was a must-win by most of Indiana fan standards, given that Purdue looks pretty good, who's Indiana's last team on their schedule. Yeah, Maryland and Indiana both need to win this game this weekend, which kind of makes it unfortunate that's in Bloomington instead of College Park. But let's be realistic for the Terps for a minute. We play Indiana, Ohio State, and Penn State left, right? Yep. So let's be real. Pick a game that you're going to win. It's going to be this one. I don't think we have the stuff to take down Ohio State or the very iffy-looking Penn State right now especially with how he played against Michigan State last weekend. We need to win this game if we want to go to a bowl. I would agree, and I think given what I heard from Ty Johnson and Jesse Annie Bodum last night, they understand that, or at least those two guys do. They're seniors. This, they realize what's going to happen. I feel like, and they said the young guys do too. Everyone wants to continue this season. But they got to go out there, and they, gotta, they have to play like it. They got to Sorry, it's just kind of ironic that they want everyone's season to continue because some of us just feel like the season needs to end immediately. No, I don't think that. I think these guys have given it everything they have, and they they played the season where it should end in a bowl. And I know they lost that game to Temple, which if they don't make a bowl, everyone's going to look at it and say, they lost to Temple, and that's really what caused this, or this being them not making a bowl. But this game against Indiana – Given what we've seen so far from Maryland this season, they should win, and they should win it pretty easily. We're talking about a team that's blown out Minnesota, Illinois, and Rutgers, and then Indiana's kind of in that bin of Big Ten teams, maybe just slightly above, and that's where the challenge comes from. When you take that baby step forward from being irrelevant to being able to compete against teams, Indiana's in that we compete, but we don't really win. Maryland, depending on who they play and what week it is, is between the two. So Indiana can pose a challenge, and I really think they will. But Maryland's look great against teams like Indiana, but not, it's kind of hard to say, just not teams that have really been anything better than a Illinois or Minnesota. Well, I think you said it probably right on my code there. At the end of the day, this boils down to you win, or you really got to pull a miracle. Which isn't to say Ohio State or Penn State are unbeatable, but I I have very low confidence this team can rise above and beat a powerhouse right now. And that's that just kind of disappoints me because look at three-year coaches around the country, coaches that teams are in their third year, and I know our coach that would be in his third year is no longer with us and never coached a game this season. It's kind of hard to say that, but this still is a third-year team. Jeff Brom of Purdue beat Ohio State. Then he beat Iowa. I mean, it's just kind of disappointing that we're not getting wiped. We're not getting cleaned by the Iowas, the Michigan States, the hopefully the Ohio States and the Penn States. But you would love to see us go out there and really fight against the team and possibly beat them. But we well, I'm still I'm in the camp that just wants us to compete still. And yeah, I com- think- well, you didn't let me finish. Compete or beat them. It's Purdue was not competing against Ohio State 
and Iowa last year. Well, maybe Iowa. I don't really know what happened in that game. But they weren't competing against all these teams. They were getting blown out still. And Maryland is still getting blown out. And that's kind of my bottom line. But to this Indiana game, Indiana, they try and run the ball with Peyton Ramsey, a quarterback that Maryland saw um, last season in the 42-39 win over the Hoosiers. And then, Jordan, I don't know if you remember this game, but two years ago, Maryland went to Bloomington in a game that was teetering on the edge. I mean, a lot of people really thought Maryland could win it. They thought it was a big game to get to bowl eligibility. And Indiana just dominated Maryland with the run. Now, Maryland's defense has changed a lot since then, but Indiana, depending on what week it is, like Maryland, can really be able to beat Maryland. And Saturday is... It's just a must-win. It's just that's the bottom line. It's it's must-win football. Yeah, that is the bottom line here, and I think that might be the end of this discussion. We need to win this game, and if we don't, then um, we're if have we to don't, talk. then I and a lot of people the whole season have said, you know, if they just make a bowl, it would be great. And but if they don't make a bowl, I feel like everyone's going to be disappointed. If they, don't make a, if they don't make a bowl, then you can eliminate all talk in that Canada staying, at least with the head coach, and we can begin the offseason maybe a little bit early. And that's not what uh, that's not what I want to hear. That's not what a lot of people want to hear. They want to see that this team's actually succeeding. I agree that I want to see it succeeding too. However, succeeding constitutes making a bowl as far as I'm concerned. And to make a bowl, at least in my opinion, I'm not saying we can't beat Ohio State or Penn State, but call this negativity returning. But I'm also trying to be a realist here, and I have not seen anything that makes me think we can beat them this oh, season. Oh, I, comple- I completely agree. So then we're back to we need to win this weekend, and let's hope the good turps show up in Bloomington. Yeah, maybe we can see some passing game and. More than hundred yards. Uh, that would, that would be a, probably a prerequisite to winning the game. You got to score first. That's kind of been the. That's been a big factor for Maryland is being able to score first, get a lead, and try and control with the run and force the other team to pass and really let your pass rush get into it. I really don't want to see Maryland go down by two scores because that's kind of been a kiss of death to this team is having to fight from behind. They haven't done it all year, and hopefully they won't have to do it on Saturday. Yep, and I think that'll probably do it for us this week. Yep, really quick before we go, Jordan, what's your final prediction for Saturday? Uh, hmm. You think about this one. I would say that Indiana has kind of struggled to get a ton of points on the board so far this season. So I will go with Indiana 24, Maryland 34. Hmm. I will say that Maryland, Indiana really hasn't looked good in a while. I think they'll come out with some fire knowing that this is a must-win game for Indiana. Um. Game stays close, but Maryland runs away with it at the end, and Terps take it 49-28 to as Indiana enters its desperation mode, and Maryland gets a few garbage-time touchdowns. 
right. I can accept that. Well, neither of us predictions have been very good this season. No, but hopefully we can at least put a win in this one, and that's all I really care about. Yeah, and that's going to do it for this episode of the Young Terps Podcast. As always, we would like to thank our sponsors, Viner Four Gates in Rockville. They built TerpTalk.com, CapitalSportsBlog.com. They can build a website just like that for you. You can call them at 301-251-2900. Ally Party Rentals, they're the place to go for all your party rental needs. Anything from a dance floor to a sound system, they got it all at Allied. You can visit them at AlliedPartyRentals.com. And Jordan, when I'm looking to buy something, just as I know you are, I always look at the reviews. And MD Eurocars has five stars on Yelp and Google Reviews. Just a place to go to get your European car serviced. You can call MD Eurocars at 301-217-5831. That's MD Eurocars at 301-217-5831. Jordan will be back on Sunday after the Terps take on Indiana. We will also be talking about basketball against Navy. And hey, it's both football and basketball season. No better time to be doing a podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Intern Mason. And check back on Sunday for the next podcast. Thanks for listening.